to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you And welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your regular Disney podcast. I'm Tony Pascal. I'm Josh Whitehead. Hello, everyone. This hello. Is be, hello. This is going to be a shorter episode. Uh, we are very, very happy to have had the opportunity to do this one. We've got a special guest. Uh, it's it's an off-week episode, and we have this super cool guest. Her name is Beth Lindley. She is a fellow podcaster and an awesome person, uh, and we got an interview with her about her thoughts on Beauty and the Beast. This is one of those cool situations where we finally get to go back and, and revisit a movie that we talked about. Yeah, uh, let's put some disclaimers on this. If you have never um, watched Buffy, there's like a lot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer stuff in here. And if you're like cool with that and like having some spoilers and stuff, it's like a two decade old show, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then like definitely listen to it because it's good. Like, even if you... It's, like, super thoughtful. Like, it's definitely one of the more thoughtful podcasts we've done. Um, but it's definitely, like... Uh, it's definitely Buffy-heavy, you yeah, know? We, we, we talk about Buffy a lot, and I should qualify this. Uh, she is the host of uh, two podcasts. One is called uh, Buffy Speak. It is very, very funny and about Buffy, and uh, one of the reasons why we talk about Buffy so much. Um, you should definitely go check it out. You can also... I mean, one of the uh, reasons. We just yeah. talk about Buffy a lot, you know? <laughs> The other show that she does is called the uh, the Fourth Journal. It is about uh, Gravity Falls, and uh, I haven't listened to it yet. But she she talked about it, and I'm like sold. I, I'm gonna have to listen to it and watch the show. Um, yeah. So please, please, please uh, go listen to those podcasts and follow her on Twitter and and uh, Facebook and all of that stuff. Uh, here is that interview with Beth Lindley. Hey guys, we are very lucky to be joined this week by a fellow podcaster. Beth Lindley. Hi, Beth. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the show. We're very excited to talk to you about Beauty and the Beast. And this is a bit of a unique one for us because we haven't had somebody on to talk about something we've already talked about. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this is going to go because everything you talked about in your in your last episode, I was like, like damn, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man, we, <laughs> we talked at the top of this episode about how we don't disagree enough. Uh, yeah. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> oh well, it's all right. We're 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 happy to do it. We're ready to we're ready to hash it out. Beth, there is this one thing that we do whenever we have guests on the show. Okay. We do this uh, this rapid fire question thing, and you just got to answer them as fast as you can. Uh, do you think you could do that? I, I I will try. All right, here we go. Favorite di- or favorite movie. The Social Network. The Social Network. Okay. Favorite Disney movie? Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Favorite princess? Belle. Favorite Disney princess. I guess that's also Belle. Oh, wait. Favorite Favorite... non-Disney princess. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, sorry. You were saying favorite Disney princess or favorite non-Disney princess? Yeah. My favorite Disney princess is Belle. My favorite non-Disney princess is Zelda. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite season arc of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Ooh, um, oh gosh, gotta be season five. Hell yeah, mine too. Yes, yeah, that's that's <laughs> totally true. Just just for it's not on my list of questions, but favorite Buffy episode? Uh, Fool for Love. Okay, Fool for Love. It's Spike. That's a good person, one. aren't you? Yeah, yep. yes, I am. 
Well, that answers my next question. Is it Spike or Angel? Spike, 100%. Of course. <laughs> of course. Angel's just boring. <laughs> I, um, I'm i fresh off of um, a very upsetting episode of Buffy on my podcast. Um, right. In which Spike comes out looking pretty bad. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I'm sore a little bit. I'm a little raw <laughs> with my Spike love. Yeah. <laughs> but I really do prefer him to Angel. Angel's just, he's just, yeah. he's a, this isn't a Buffy podcast. I'll say my, I do this every time someone asks me about Buffy and I'm like, well, let me tell you. Here's the thing though, it sort of sometimes is a Buffy podcast. We talk about Buffy more than you would think. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, exciting. Qu- quite a that's bit. nice to hear. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's it's easy to draw parallels between Disney movies and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like all the time. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, the, the last rapid fire question I have for you, and we've sort of gone off the rapid fire rails. <laughs> <laughs> but the last question I have for you is if you could pair in in any kind of relationship, it could be romantic, it could be like friends or like mother daughter. If you could pair a Disney character with a Buffy character. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I think let me think. Let me think real hard. <laughs> I think Tara would get along with Moana. Oh, oh hell wow. yeah! Wow, I love that. That's a hell of a pull. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really love think that. That's such a good idea. They're both very into nature, and they're both very like kind but strong-willed people. Yeah, just I really, cool I, people. Yeah, yeah. I really, I think they yeah. would get along really well. I'd want to be friends with them. Yeah, together, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, you, you passed. You, you did it. We made it to the other to, side. I get to be on the rest of the episode? Yeah, now you get to be on. Now, now you get to actually be a guest. Let's start. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Now, now we begin recording. Hi, I'm Josh Whitehead. Hello. <laughs> so we, we keep talking about Buffy, obviously, uh, Beth, because you have got two shows. I do. That you are the host of you do buffy speak and you do the fourth journal mm-hmm. buffy speak I, we both tony and i have listened to the show it's great love it you guys are very funny thank you not to mention that we we both love buffy so it, it works oh that's awesome <laughs> so uh tell us about the fourth journal what's that all about um the fourth journal is a gravity falls podcast it is if you can believe it the only gravity falls podcast <laughs> I don't know what really? Gravity Falls is, so I believe. It. Oh, that's oh great! Um, it's a cartoon that came out from 2012 to 2014, I believe. Uh-huh. It's it's uh, the entire show is two seasons. It takes place um, in Gravity Falls, Oregon, and it's about these two twins, Dipper and Mabel Pines, who go to spend the summer with their great uncle Stan in Gravity Falls, and it's very. Um, it has shades. <clears throat> Of Twin Peaks, it has shades of, um, like, I'm trying to think of, like, kind of St. Elsewhere-y, kind of very, like, family family drama, but it's mystical and, like, heart, really heartwarming and sweet, but there's a lot of mythology that goes into the show. I remember somebody saying that there were a lot of parallels between Gravity Falls and the most recent season, the Amnesty season of The Adventure Zone. Oh my Zone. gosh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that as soon as um, as soon as soon uh, Clint started describing his character, I was like, that's literally Grunkle Stan. You're literally, yeah. you're literally Stan Pines. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it's just like it's a sleepy town where really weird things happen all the time. It's got a lot of really interesting, funny characters. Um, and it takes a really like emotional. I'll say this, like both my boyfriend and I have seen the show and then we were dog sitting and um, our friend had cable. And so I turned it on and I was going through the channels and the series finale of Gravity Falls they were doing that. They were rerunning oh, wow. that on cart. Um, what is it? Disney XD? And so I, like, yeah, I yeah, put yeah. it on. And even though we had already seen it, even though we knew like the emotional like turns that it was going to take, by the end of it, we were both like sobbing. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, you sold me. It is such an yeah. Eff- I'm sold. Yeah, it is such I'll watch an it. Effective, emotional, beautiful show. Um, and it's really you don't think. Of, uh, like season one is a lot of fun, but season two really gets into a lot of the more um, plot and emotion of the um, of the show. And it's really just a it's a really beautiful <laughs> when I finished it. I was like curled up on my couch, just like bawling my eyes out. <laughs> I, was, I do. If you can't tell, I cry a lot at a lot of things. <laughs> um, I definitely <laughs> sobbed when Buffy when Buffy ended. Um, oh, yeah. And everybody. Uh, yes. Well, because I didn't know that Spike came back literally the next episode in Angel, but that's fine. Spoilers. Oh, God, spoilers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> sorry. I, I've seen it, I'm but maybe salty. not everybody has. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. And I love TV. And that's, I can talk a lot about TV <laughs> is the point that I'm trying to make. Cool. No, you're you're in good company there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we are here to talk with you about this uh, this movie Beauty and the Beast. So when the reason that when you and I talked about it it was like you you had some some opinions about how the movie portrays sort of mental illness. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's really more of the way that in the like how 27 years since it's been out like a lot of people um have kind of taken it and run with uh oh you know, Belle was portrayed as this feminist hero when the movie came out because, you know, I mean, you've got strong-willed, like Ariel was very strong-willed, but she was, you know, still kind of under her father's thumb. And like, you know, I'm trying to think of other princesses before that. And, you know, like Nala and stuff like that. I think that was later, but. Yeah. Like, um, Belle was really, I feel like, and I was born in 92. So it's not like I remember any of this discourse happening. But, um, Mm -hmm. like, Belle was heralded as this, like, feminist hero from Disney and kind of, I feel like, signaled a a turning point into what a lot of the princesses and a lot of the heroines that we have, like Mulan, a lot of people think Mulan and Meg from Hercules and, like, um, all of those characters uh, kind of stem from, like, the, you know, badass kind of toughness of Belle, quote-unquote. And I mean, like, in my opinion, like, Cinderella is super great also. I mean, I think if you're looking at it through a super, like, um, one-dimensional lens, then, like, yeah, Belle was probably the first, quote, (laughs) feminist princess. But um, I think in some ways a lot of them have have shades. In any case, but a lot of the people, a lot of uh, Disney fans um, have kind of taken um, the movie and run with it as being championing Stockholm Syndrome and how that, uh, how because Belle learns to love the Beast or because Belle decides that she wants to stay with him, then she is suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. And 
like I want to preface this by saying I'm not a mental health professional and I'm not a psychiatrist and I'm, right. just, a, I'm just a person who's read some things on the internet. But um, sure, <laughs> who isn't? Yeah, we're, we're all just people who read things on the internet. But, um, Stockholm syndrome uh, is a lot more uh, complicated and a lot more dark and negative than um, yes. what would have mm-hmm. what what is portrayed in this movie if we're going along with the the uh, line of thought that Belle has Stockholm Syndrome when he gives her the chance to yeah. leave if, do you mind if I get into plot? No, go for, for it, sure. yeah, okay. by all means when he, when he gives her the chance to leave to go be with her father she wouldn't have left right. she would have stayed right. because she thinks that because when you have Stockholm Syndrome, your world is your captor. And you start taking yeah, right. on qualities of your captor. Because you want them to like you and you want to stay alive. Your brain is basically protecting you by making you adapt to your surroundings. And your surroundings are terrible and horrible and scary. So in your mind... You're thinking, how can I survive? I can survive by being like them, which will make them like me. So mm. she never does that in this entire film. She never becomes like him. She keeps her kindness. She keeps her gentleness. But she's also, she was tough and like strong headed and like completely like independent before she went there. Like she didn't need him to stick up for herself. She didn't need him to like, to find her own voice. She already had right. that. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think that when what you're saying sounds a lot like the the ideal situation in, in this in this area. Instead of changing to be like that person, you're changing the person to be better. It's like it's like a, an abusive relationship dream, right? right? Like this is I, I'm gonna fix him. Is it realistic, though, is the question. Um, honestly, no. <laughs> it's not. No. <laughs> uh, uh, and that's the, I mean, that's the sad thing, right, is that, like, I do love this movie, and I, like, you know, I will defend it to my dying breath. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're, like, it It really isn't realistic to um, assume. And then maybe, I mean, she doesn't tr- I don't think there's a point that she tries to change him. Like, I don't think she ever says or, like, makes any moves to be like, I want you to be different. But she, like, meets him where he's at. I guess she does say you should learn to work on your temper. That's just, like, a personality thing, yeah. though. <laughs> I feel like that's not, <laughs> like, that's not, like, you need to change. I'm, I don't know. Um, because yeah. when she, like, I think a part, I, I rewatched it today, um, and a part that I re- that kind of stood out to me that I really enjoyed was um, when they were during something there or uh, yeah something there they were sitting at yeah. the table they're eating porridge he's like eating it like a dog and she's kind of like oh okay is this how we do it here <laughs> and then but then yeah. you know Mrs. Potts or Chip or whoever is like oh, use the spoon. And so he uses the spoon to shovel it into his mouth. And then she kind of meets him halfway and starts drinking from the bowl. She doesn't, like, upend it onto her face like he's doing. But she's kind of making him, like, 
she's seeing that he's trying and so she's like okay I can try to make him feel comfortable where he's at um because at that point hmm. at that point he had and we they never say how much time passes so yeah, yeah. well it's like and it's something we talked about too yeah we talked about we that know. a little bit I like so I have a really hard time with this show this movie like I, and in I, I've made that pretty clear in, in the podcast that we recorded mm-hmm. about it like I and and I think Heidi was sort of taking the point that you're taking which is that like time passes they're both trying to like to uh, come together I just like especially in this moment like I am not here to give like passes for guys who like throw people in dungeons because they're wealthy <laughs> and like then like and, and like I, I don't know like we like I feel like he has a very very he has a very similar track as Gaston like of like capturing the father to make a trade for the uh, to make a trade for like your love basically and like mm-hmm. very like objectifying like kind of behavior um, and like like literal like like trading bartering with like who you are um, and like captivity and like I like. I get that, like, he is, like, a kid inside because he never really got socialized, never grew up. I, like, I kind of am, like, sympathetic to that. But I, like, I really, I, I'm not making any kind of statement about Stockholm Syndrome. I, I don't believe in that either. I just, like, don't like The Beast, which is why I really don't like this movie because mm-hmm. it's a, like, uh, redemption story for him. And I, like, I'm not here to, I, like, I don't want him to be redeemed that quickly like over the space yeah. of like mm-hmm. four days like and i really like it like uh eats at me you know like i'm like ah i'll shake you right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well like uh, so so here's here's the thing like it, the, the fact that we're even talking about this as a feminist question like the this movie isn't necessarily it's portrayed as a feminist style movie but it's just like a, a smart woman that is just happens to be really into books when no one else is. So the fact that we even look at this as a feminist movie, mm-hmm. it, it is kind of like, you know, nothing's created in a vacuum. You have to like, right, take it for what was at the time. I've been watching. Have you guys ever watched like any of Psych? No. The USA show. No. Okay. Well, it's a good no, show. No, I mean I watched a few episodes. It's a good show, but it did come out in like the mid two thousands. Which was sure, when right. homophobia in comedy was at its like most rampant. Mm, like, yeah. oh my gosh, there are some jokes, and you're like, it's not even, it's not even clever. Like, there's not even any yeah. like, it's just the joke is gay. Like, that's mm, yeah, that's the funny. Well, and it was that way in like Friends oh and gosh, in Seinfeld. Yeah. If, even, if there's, yeah. there's some episodes of Friends like. I can't even watch anymore, especially the ones regarding Chandler's yeah. Uh, mom. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, she transitions. Oh. I don't yeah. remember if I have seen that. Um, I have only watched some episodes of Friends. It, they're, they're, it's basically just that Chandler's Chandler's dad um, was gay and then became a drag queen in, in Las Vegas. Um, and it's like anytime they show uh, the transitioned father it's like a joke like he doesn't want to be around uh he doesn't want to be around her there's um during uh during chandler and monica's wedding um 
Yeah. There is a uh, a scene where Rachel is told to find Chandler's father, who, I mean, for all intents and purposes, is trans because she only ever dresses as a woman. Yeah. Um, mm. Rachel's told to find her, and she goes to a random woman and says, Hi, um, I'm Rachel. And the joke is that the woman is very masculine looking. And the woman replies, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm Amanda. And she goes, Oh, I get it. Uh, man, duh. And that's uh, the joke. Uh, yeah, that's awful. So um, I think, yeah. sorry, reeling it back to... Um, <laughs> sure. Sorry, this, is a, this is a far-flung interview. This is great. I love it. Um, I love uh, this. Yeah, this is good. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, like, it it did, I mean, you know, not however many. It is similar, and it this is sort of similar to Buffy and Spike's relationship, you know, condensed down mm-hmm. into an hour and 15 minutes, somewhat. Um, <laughs> and, and so, okay, take whatever I say with a grain of salt, clearly, because I love Spike. Like, sure. like right. throughout, like, the entire show, even when he's acting like an idiot and, like, being super gross towards Buffy, um, I love him as a character. And I think, I think I'm think i kind of uh, afflicted by the same um, uh, affection towards the Beast, sadly. <laughs> um, Interesting. Uh, I mean, I because obviously... Okay, here's the thing. Obviously... Obviously, I don't want to excuse violence. I don't want to, like, condone, you know, anger, like, or, like, rage issues. Obviously, like, those are, like, Mm -hmm. real issues. And honestly, if 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 it were me and I was in that position, I would have been, like, bye. (laughs) Like, I would have been, like, I have, there are, like, several very large, very neon red flags, and I have got to get out of here. But that's that's a good point. I like it. But Belle is, uh, I mean, she's an ideal, right? Like she's what every girl wants to be. She's she's not like she's not super. She's not so prim and proper that she won't get her hands dirty. But she's also um, not so like angry and tough that she doesn't get to fall in love with a guy. She's like yeah the ideal for like young girls who are looking for like a heroine right um yeah so uh she is unrealistic like by nature this story is unrealistic <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is uh, absolutely. yeah for sure I, you got that disney magic thrown in there and it's it's all lost right i think it's interesting i think like i like listening to you talk about like your relationship with spike versus your relationship with uh, the beast like I'm like revisiting Buffy right now for like the yeah. eighth time and I'm like I like Spike a lot less right now than yeah. I did the first six times I watched the show I, right? yeah yeah um there's it's tough because like I genuinely love like his story arc and like I yeah. love like um I was saying in the we haven't this episode goes up today actually when we're recording this um, but I was saying in our most recent episode that um, if season seven hadn't existed, I don't think I would care for Spike as much as I do. I think that's fair. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because um, he ends on a pretty low note, his character. 
And it kind of feels yes. like all the work yeah. that they've been doing for the past four seasons has been for nothing. Um, or maybe it's just to show that, you know, monsters are monsters and, you know, no matter how they can try to pretend and try to change, that's just how they're going to be, which is a really bleak outlook. Um, yeah. But uh, season seven... But right on par with what we expect from Joss Whedon. Right. Um, <laughs> that's oh sort of boy, where we that's... end up with Gaston, right? Like, yeah. monsters are monsters. Yeah. And, like, they just, like, they have to be thrown into pits. Like, mm-hmm. hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I think like, it's amazing that you bring Gaston up... Gaston and the Beast? Like why, like, why was one redeemed? I think, okay. I mean, and I do think it kind of... I know you said you don't care. Um, but, uh... I do think it has to do with socialization and like the fact that so the beast and we don't get to see like how people how his how his like entire castle which by the way how many people work in this castle that like literally every <laughs> every piece of furniture is somebody like how yeah, many you, and you have and were his parents all there? of those why was he alone? <laughs> Why is well, it no, just he's, him? He's just, Why is it just yeah, him it's, it's in a million a whole pieces castle. of furniture? It's a bunch of employees working for a kid. Yeah. And like, if it's how, just, how nuts is that? If it's just him, did his parents die? Are they out of the country? Did they abandon him because he was such a brat? I have so many questions. Oh. Wow, that seems unlikely, no, right? <laughs> yeah, I, here, here's what I think. So they 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 were walking down the path, and they passed this uh, this very ugly witch, and was like, "Hey, can you go mess with our son really fast?" Um, <laughs> and that was the that was the end of it. Then they just left. Hey, our son is kind of a dick, <laughs> and we want to get can you go handle that? Eighteen years off. <laughs> So can That's you wild. please? So you're super ugly, right? Like, please. Can you go mess with him really I'm fast? I'm begging you. We've got to get out of here. There's a timeshare in Boca Raton that's calling my name. For the next 18 years or whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, my that God. That explain some of his psyche, maybe. But, um... So, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> my my parents left when I was five years old to go get a pack of smokes, and then they they sent a witch my way. By the way, um, so let's get this thing back on the rails. We, we're way off here. <laughs> um, so you bring up the fact that Spike is is this similar character. Um, why why Spike? I mean, we we've got the similar storylines, obviously, but like. It's amazing to me that this isn't even something we thought about when we asked you to come on the show. <laughs> it just happened that you did a Buffy cast, and this is like, this is a comparison that I hadn't even thought of. Yeah, I mean, okay, so, um, I mean, so if you want to like take the monster aspect, right? Like, yeah, Spike. It's not super similar, like their origin stories, really. Um, Spike was a very, like, well-behaved, like, mild-mannered person. And then, by becoming a vampire, by becoming, like, I mean, eventually, like, him and Drusilla and Darla and Angel become the scourge of Europe. By becoming the scourge of, you know, humanity, he 
feels like he's able to release these urges that he had been um, suppressing, right? Like his entire life because he was born into high society. Um, right. And while he may not have been like, you know, a brat or whatever, like the beast was, he, he did end up turning like, you know, pretty horrific. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's, be, he's noted as, you know, becoming like one of the most dangerous vampires, which, ugh, God, never mind. I, I can't, I can't, I can't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I really could talk about Buffy like for hours and hours and hours and never get tired of it, but that is not why I'm here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the thing is like we could too. This could be a really long interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Buffy is like part of our whole deal. That's awesome. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, so he, and then you know, fast forward a eh, hundred blah, 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 years and. You know, he meets Buffy and, you know, <laughs> over the course of like two years or something, or actually more like three, um, he realizes that he's in love with her. And James Marsters has said that he thinks that Spike fell in love with her from the moment he first saw her in that alleyway outside of the bronze. Um, right. And that's how he played Spike. Huh. From the, like, wow. the first time he, he came on screen, he played Spike as though he was in love with Buffy but didn't know it yet. Um, or like was repressing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing. He's like, he thinks it's wrong. He thinks it's like, it's yeah. unnatural or whatever. He's like, I know I shouldn't love you, but I do. Because that kind of mm. like the difference between him and Angel is that he takes, um, Angel wants to like bury his happiness and bury his desire. And Spike just runs with it. Um, and, huh. and so uh, Spike thinks that because he's in love with Buffy, then that love must be pure. Um, right. He thinks that because he would do anything for her and because he would sacrifice whatever he needed to sacrifice, he would, you know, spend an entire summer just watching over her little sister um, after... Spoiler alert, she dies. Yeah, after spoilers. Um, sorry, you can cut this out or bleep it out or anything like that, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that would... Um, but anyway, so, you know, he would do everything for her in his mind. And I'm like, it's twisted. And she calls him twisted, like, multiple times. Um, yeah. It's twisted, but in his mind, it's the best he can do. It's like... It's the best he can give. He, he gives her all that he can, which is this weird, messed up, violent kind of love. Um, and it's the whole thing, yeah. like, soul, does he have a soul? Does he not? Like, does that even matter? Like, Angel without a soul is 100% worse than Spike without a soul. Like, when, when Angel lost his soul, it was just, like, chaos. And Spike has been without a soul the whole time, and he's just kind of been chilling. And the chip is not the same as a soul. I don't want to have that argument right now. I... <laughs> um, it's, I... it's a leash. It's not, it's not a moral compass. Yeah. So. I, 
I gotta tell you, I love that the conversation went this way. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. I, I'm very happy. <laughs> we, we might need to put like a put a disclaimer on this. This this has a lot of information about Buffy. Yeah. If you know anything about Buffy, seasons. it might be confusing. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and so like I think that's sim- that's really similar to the Beast in a more childish way, of course, because it's a Disney movie. Yeah. But I think the Beast sees his attempts at wooing her and his attempts at, like... I mean, even in the first scene that when she just comes into the castle, uh, he's, like... (laughs) He's trying to ask her to dinner. And he's, like, it would please me greatly if you would come to dinner. And she's, like, no! And he's, like, well, I tried! (laughs) <laughs> that look on his see face. How un- unreasonable she's being. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and that's. I mean, it's silly and it's stupid and it's whatever. And like, similarly, Spike is like, "Well, I killed this demon for her. Why is she punching me in the face?" <laughs> and it's like, what's that about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a similar kind of like almost um, stunted, childish view of love. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And sacrifice, and um, you know, being in a relationship with someone, because we can presume that the beast, since the rose never, like, you know, got close to, you know, wilting or whatever, um, <laughs> that he was never, he never had a love interest before Belle, and Spike had only ever been really in love with Drusilla, who was right. a child in her own right, and. Um, and so, a princess and a wonderful human yes. zombie yeah. vampire person. <laughs> and um, so she, uh, <laughs> she like didn't exactly give him like a great blueprint for how to be, how to date somebody or how to show someone that you're interested in them. <laughs> like he would kill little girls and bring them to her with the, like with the dolls still in their hands and yeah. that was his that was his way of wooing her or by you know apologizing to her meanwhile buffy is like an actual human person and, and he doesn't <laughs> and he's know. still he's a cat he's a cat bringing a dead mouse to her doorstep exactly and it's like uh, well why don't you love this beth thank you so much for being on the show thank you so much for this conversation it was wonderful of course yeah, it was super fun. I that was really so this. much fun to talk about. <laughs> Spike is the beast. We should definitely do stuff like, again. That's, that's like, what we should again. all take away from this. And I'm, I agree. I'm learning a lot more about my psyche talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect this to go in this direction. No, <laughs> neither did we. But I love it so much. I'm so happy about it. I don't think we, we we've got to have you back on the show. Uh, I think we still have too much agreement. Okay. Well, what can <laughs> I, some disagreement. What can I? Yeah. I was gonna say, like, what controversial opinions can I? I don't know, man. <laughs> no, no, no. The, there's no controversy about Angel and Buffy and Spike. Let Let's just leave it at that. Oh yeah, no, absolutely no controversy there. Exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on the show. We we definitely appreciate it. We've got to do it again. It was yes. so much fun. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much. <laughs> this has been a blast. <laughs> Holy crap! Absolutely. Uh, you want to tell us how we can uh, how our listeners can listen to your shows? Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so, uh, Buffy speak, um, we are about to finish our sixth season, which is so exciting. Um, and we are on Twitter at Buffy underscore speak. Um, we have an email that's Buffy speak at gmail.com, but no one ever emails us. Um, <laughs> and we're on iTunes and SoundCloud and Google play, I believe. And the fourth journal is at T H E number four th journal on twitter um we had an instagram and then i forgot our password so now it's sure. great frozen in time <laughs> um uh our website is the fourth journal spelled the same way as our twitter and instagram handle um dot wordpress.com and my twitter is at beth eleanor with two r's so B-E-T-H-E-L-E-A-N-O-R-R. And I have been tweeting a lot about Persona 5 because I'm playing a lot of Persona 5. <laughs> I learned how to Perfect. use the Twitter very recently. It's like yeah. it's wild. There's like lots of stuff. Yeah, in there. It, it's it's pretty crazy out there yeah. in the Twitterverse. <laughs> Thank you so much again. We we really appreciate it, and uh, we hope to have you on again. Thank you. I'm gonna have to have you guys on. I've got to get your opinions. Let's yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, we could talk about Buffy for hours, as we have just seen. <laughs> thanks so much, guys. Right. And uh, we will talk to you later. All right, bye. Thanks. And thanks so much to Beth. We really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I I loved the conversation so much. I did too. Like, here's the thing. We, like, had a ton of fun doing this. I was unsure because this is the first time that we haven't interviewed, like, our friends yeah. that we already know. But, well, you've done interviews with people you, I, you don't I know. Have. Yeah. But I have not. And so I was, like, nervous going into this, like, to know what this is going to be like. But it was super fun. I enjoyed it a ton. Yeah. We, we started the show as just podcasters helping another podcaster out. Uh, and, and Podcasters then, helping podcasters. And the next thing you know, we, we, it turned into friendship. And, uh, and now we're going to have Thanksgiving together. It's like it's like family. Yeah, it, we're, we're all. It's not like that yet. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, but thanks so much, Beth. We really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, she mentioned her Twitter. Please go follow her. Go listen to her show. Go go uh, follow her on iTunes and subscribe and rate and leave a review. Uh, along the same lines, be sure to check out our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Uh, you can find those at Front Porch Disney. You can find me on Twitter at Front Porch Josh. I'm at Twitter as I'm on Twitter. I uh, Front Porch Tony at, uh, at Front Porch at, Tony at Front. I am at Twitter Front Porch Tony. No, that's wrong. Um, it's close though, right? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's pretty close, I guess. Um, <laughs> you can uh, find us on iTunes. Please, the same thing. Leave us a review. A rating subscribe all that stuff really helps us to grow absolutely um, and and tell a friend uh we really appreciate everything that you guys do for us uh keep spreading that word because season three is going to be a great one with a lot of really cool guests as you can see um and uh that's uh that's all i got i i hope you enjoyed um, yeah tony this isn't a normal episode so why don't you you sing us out what um uh you got Oh wait, ah na 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 Bye. It's Buffy I love to linger here like this Hold your hand and
kiss or two on the front porch with you. All I want. Hey there! Have you ever wanted to be part of a book club that swears way too much and not only talks about books, but movies and TV shows too? Well, then do I have the podcast for you The Lunchroom Poll. Come join hosts Stacy, Laura, and Katie. That's me. Every week as we discuss a new movie, book, or TV show topic. The Lunchroom Poll. It's a podcast about judging things. Find us on iTunes and Spotify.